Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm Paul Dottino. He is two-time Super Bowl champion and former Giants linebacker Jonathan Casillas. We'll be with you for the next hour. Jot down our number, 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also find us on Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And later on, you'll find an archive of our show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere at Giants.com slash podcasts. Well, today we continue our summer camp previews of the Giants' upcoming opponents. And the Miami Dolphins are next up on our list. And we bring in Alan Pupar, who is from Sports Illustrated's AllDolphins.com. And Alan, appreciate you taking the time. Good morning. Uh, good morning, or good afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. Well, it's good to talk to you. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on with the Miami Dolphins, a team coming off a strong season last year, looking for some high expectations. I guess before we actually get to some of the current Dolphins, I want to ask you about a guy who may wind up being a Dolphin. Dalvin Cook was cut by the Minnesota Vikings. We hear in New York that, oh, maybe the Jets might be a good target for him. But yet, obviously, a Florida State guy, a lot of people think he might land with the Dolphins. What can you tell us about where that stands right now? Well, he is in a wait-and-see mode uh, looking for offers that match what he's looking for. And what he's looking for is, as all players do, some cash. He's looking for an opportunity to be a feature guy in an offense, and he's looking for a contender. And this is where, if all things are equal, the Dolphins are going to have an advantage. He certainly wouldn't mind playing in his hometown. He born and raised in Miami, played at Miami Central High School before he went, uh, went on to Florida State. Uh, so his family's down here. Again, like I said, if all things are equal, he's going to wind up signing with the Dolphins, who gladly would take him but will not overpay for him, particularly after re-signing all four of their tailbacks from last year. All of them uh, had their contracts expire after last, last season. They brought all of them back, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Savan Ahmed, Miles Gaskin. And on top of that, 
they took speedster Devon Chain from Texas A&M in the third round. Mm-hmm. So they, they have a lot of bodies at running back as it is now. But Dalvin Cook, if we're being honest, is better than any of those guys. So if they have the opportunity to add him to their roster when it's clear that they're making an all-out push to get to the Super Bowl or come close to it, I don't think they pass it up. But again, the money has to be right. I'll tell you what, if you can land a hometown talent like that and you bring him home and he's playing in front of his family, it, it raises the level of play. I'm speaking from experience here. I'm a Jersey City kid. I was raised in New Brunswick, and I came home and 20 tickets to every game, Paul, <laughs> every single game. But there was something about playing in front of the hometown team, you know, something about uh, playing in front of the family. You know, my family's there, my daughter's there, my father's there, my mother's there. And that was the first time in my career because I've been, you know, I've right. New Orleans and New England. New England was a little bit closer, maybe seven, eight tickets per game. But New York, it was 20 tickets. Chris Gorman got me 20 tickets for every single game, and I used all of those tickets. I believe it. And it's, it's something different. I had my best years here in New York and later in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dalvin Cook is a guy, as a running back, he's a little later in his career. He's, you know, 1,200 yards almost every year the last, like, six years. Had that amazing year in 2020 where he had 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. I'm expecting numbers like that when he comes and plays in front of his hometown team. Now he's a little bit older in the tooth and longer in the tooth and a little bit older, and there is other talent there. I think Mostert is a very talented back. Anytime I see Wilson with the ball in his hand, he's moving 100 miles an hour. And then also you got Waddle and, and, and all the guys on the outside, and you add them to that bunch. I expect this team, the Miami Dolphins team, to be a very talented team, especially offensively with the healthy Tua, for sure. Well, Alan, let's let's assume that Cook doesn't go to the Dolphins for a minute. What do you think about their offensive line and their ability to run the football when they have to? Well, I'll let uh, Jonathan address the passing game with another question, but let's stick with the running game for a minute if he doesn't go there. No, and the big question is you you – Included in your question, the key phrase there is when they have to, because they ran the ball actually fairly effective if you look at the numbers last year. And if you look past just the amount of rushing yards, uh, because they were like 25th in the league, well, they were 25th in the league because they had the second fewest carries in the NFL ahead only of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because their offense was and likely will continue to be built around the passing game because they're, they're were the biggest playmakers, while Sorry Kill and Jalen Wallace. Mm-hmm. But their 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 yards per carry average was very good. Most third was like a four point seven or four point eight. I want to say Jeff Wilson after he came over from San Francisco in the November trade was at four point seven. Also, Savon Ahmed was like maybe five point two. So they had success running the ball. The key is going to be when they need to run the ball. Let's say third and short goal line situation or in a lead protecting situation late in the game. Can they get it done? It's a little bit of a question mark. It's not as potent or as dependable as the passing game, for sure. But I, I think Dalvin Cook or no, I think they do have solid running backs, even if they don't have like an elite Pro Bowl type of guy. Well, I'm, I'm looking at Jalen Waddle, and I knew, I knew he was going to be up there in uh, <laughs> yards per catch. He's at 18, 17.9. And you would think Tyreek Hill, you know, would be that guy. And, and that's the, the dynamic that these guys have in the passing game. They have two guys who are probably the two of the fastest guys in the league at any position. 
you know, on the same team. Yards after the catch. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and these guys are tremendously explosive. Um, and then you look at Tua and how he likes to throw the ball. He is a guy like – I said Russell Wilson was one of those guys that mastered that deep ball where it just arches up, arcs up in mm -hmm. the air and kind of hangs up there for a while and it allows his receivers to run underneath it. I think Tua throws a better ball than him. That same type of deep ball type of, mm -hmm. uh, you know. And these guys, Tyreek Hill, Waddle, they are built to catch passes like that. Because when DBs, they're, they're going off of the receiver, right? Especially in man-to-man -man coverage. So when these guys, you know, are running stride to stride with these guys that have elite speed, and I watched Odell Beckham Jr. do this, and I've seen these guys do it too, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. They run their routes at like 85 to 90% speed. So the DB that's covering them, they're running probably as fast as they possibly could to keep up. Mm -hmm. And then when the ball is in the air, the quarterback, and I've seen it happen with this team, and I think that's why they're so good with the deep threats. They turn it up to 100%, and there's nothing a DB can do about it because he's already at 100. That's why when they say speed kills, that's how speed really right. kills. And these two guys are masterful at it. And with somebody like Tua that can throw the ball the way he can, I expect the Dolphins with a healthy tour, like I said earlier, to give a lot of teams problems. They started out doing great last year. They were a, a big threat in the AFC and the AFC East. And then the Tua's health, you know, and, and my question is, is, is that the main concern for the Miami Dolphins mm -hmm. this year? Is Tua's health the main concern? Because, I mean, we all watched it happen last year, mm -hmm. and we all felt for him, you know, as fans, as a former player. You know, you felt for him. And, you know, we all like, does he play again? You know, and my question is to you, is is that the main concern for the Miami Dolphins is to his health? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to look at the big picture, I mean, you could say the same thing. If I, if I ask you what's the biggest concern for the Chiefs, wouldn't it be Patrick Mahomes staying healthy? The only difference, it applies for every time you have, like, you know, they have, like, a very good quarterback or an elite quarterback. The thing, it's brought up a lot more with Tua because he had the two concussions last year, also because of his lengthy injury history going all the way back to Alabama. The thing is, last year was the first time he had something in the NFL like the concussion, which, if we're being honest with it, it's kind of fluky, and is it really going to happen again? I think, and also the other fact that needs to, to, be, to be presented is Dolphins were eight and three at one point, and then the tough part of their schedule, which began in December with a three-game road trip against the 49ers, the Chargers, and the Bills, and their play started taking a dip. They lost five games in a row, and three of those losses were actually four of those losses were two in the in the lineup. So, while yeah, I get it, and and you look at the national narrative every time you hear the Dolphins mention. You cannot escape the if Tua stays healthy. To which my answer is, yeah, but you could say that about Josh Allen, about but you Patrick can't, Mahomes, you can't. It's a, it's a totally different thing when you have a, a guy who has suffered back to back, basically in the same year, an injury that's that can debilitate you, not even as a player, but as a human being, and that's okay, a very no, I, scary I thing. That. Guys have ACL injuries; they come back, especially at that position. They can come back from ACL injuries. Even Drew Brees tore his shoulder out of out of his socket. Mm -hmm. He came back and had a tremendous Hall of Fame career. If Tua suffers another concussion, it might be the end for him. 
Like, that is different than I think any other player in the NFL right now. Maybe there's some guys that has suffered some concussions, but as the quarterbacks that we're thinking of, the top 32 quarterbacks, the 32 starters, Tua is in a situation all by himself. You know, so I, it's not the same as Josh Allen. It's not the same as Daniel Jones. It's not. They don't have injury histories of the brain. He's the only one. I, I, no, I get you, and I understand that. My whole point was there was a fluky nature to getting two concussions in the same year that it, it might be far-fetched to automatically assume, okay, this has got to be the sideline in for that. That's the point I'm making. The second point I want to make about this is you ask anybody around in the national narrative, and it's true, the Dolphins have assembled a roster that potentially could compete for the Super Bowl if things go right. And I would, I would tell you here that if something happens to Tua and then the Dolphins season goes off the track because their backup quarterback play um, is not up to snuff and derails everything, then either the Dolphins have badly faltered and not getting a better option as a new number two quarterback, or maybe the town roster has been overvalued. Well, That's I, the point I, I, was I think the, the Dolphins did a great job in signing Mike White. We saw the him come Jack. in last year in a, in a rough situation for the Jets' offense and a quarterback that was struggling in Wilson, and he came in and he, he almost saved the day for the Jets. You know, he definitely played well until he got the rib injury. Well, so I think they got a guy. Allen, is Mike White the correct safety net right. in case Tua should go down? Yeah. And that's the big question. And, and looking at him from Miami, what I observe of Mike White is there are times when he looks good. His numbers are really not good. If you look at his career passer rating, is like 75. And I understand there were factors involved in that. There were a couple of games I saw last year where the offensive line was giving him no shot in front of him. Uh, and I'm a guy who always applies nuance to just pure numbers. And I think he, Mike White's a lot better than his career passer rating of 75. I agree. But this is a situation, there's enough talent off, offensively for me that if you have a good, capable number two quarterback, the, situ, the, the season should not be going off the rails if something happens to Tua. All right, maybe we've gone with an inverted pyramid here. Now, by the way, the Dolphins will play the Giants in week five. That is October 8th in Miami, just to get you caught up on why the Dolphins are the topic of today's conversation. Uh, how do you feel about Armstead and Jackson as the anchors, the two tackles along that offensive line? Because let's face it, we're talking about Tua's health. What about the protection factor? And then the other thing is Mike Kosicki's not there anymore. Now, he had a down year last year production-wise. I know that was kind of phased out. But, but we know a productive tight end can be the quarterback's best friend when the offensive line starts to get sketchy. So how do, how do they overcome the fact that Kosicki's not there anymore? Okay, a couple of things here. Uh, well, Kosicki was phased out once they got Tyreek killed. The Dolphins put the franchise tag on Kosicki, and for anybody wondering why the hell did they do that if they're running, not going to target him in the passing game, well, because that was done. The, the placing of the franchise tag in Gesicki, signing it before they made the trade for Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. which completely changed their offense. And Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are not just deep threats. They're guys who get open quickly off the line of scrimmage and present the safety valve a lot of times when the passification breaks down. So they're okay in that sense. And if you look at their, their tight ends on the roster right now, there's nobody who you look at and say, well, that's a threat in the passing game. No. no they're they're – they're blocking specialists and guys who maybe will touch the five-yard pass on third four occasionally. As for the offensive line and the two tackles, Toronto said that great player. Yep. He is a complete stud. The question with him is, you know, staying healthy. We mentioned two of us staying healthy. Well, 
Teron Armstead was hurt the entire year, barely practiced yep. in the regular season, still has yet to play a full season, uh, always missing games because of injury. But when, and when he's out of the lineup, there's a big difference there. It's not just when, when two was out, there was a difference last year with the Dolphins, and, but the backups didn't play with Teron Armstead in the lineup either until the regular season finale against the Jets. Um, so he's a big factor if he stays healthy. Big-time anchor for the offensive line. Austin Jenkins a major question mark at right tackle because he has not had a great season yet as a after coming in as the 18th overall pick in 2020. Mm-hmm. However, he was switched to right tackle last year early on, and it was intriguing to see how well he would perform in an offensive scheme that appears better suited for his physical traits. And he got hurt in the, in the regular season opener, came back in late November, got hurt again, and was the only two games he played. So we still don't know exactly what kind of performer. And the other point that we mentioned, the two concussions that two were sustained, not counting the one not the issue against Buffalo early in the season, that may or may not have been a concussion, the one against Cincinnati and Green Bay. The one in Cincinnati, Tua had about 10 seconds to throw the ball. I mean, he just hang, hung onto the ball too long. And against Green Bay, it also wasn't a case where somebody was on him right away. So... Yeah, absolutely. The offensive line needs to be sturdy to protect Tua. Tua needs to be smarter and more decisive about getting rid of the ball if the play's not there. That's the problem with some of us. That's the problem with some of us NFL guys. We're we're we're, yep. we're a lot mentally tougher, you know, than we are physically tough. Mm-hmm. You know, like Tua's that type of guy. You know, Tua's a guy that when you look at him, you know, after the Buffalo game, is like he's still sitting in the pocket. He's still hanging on the ball a little bit longer than he he should be. And, and that's some of our problems, you know. We have issues because we're a lot mentally tougher than we're physically tough. That's why we get to this level, because we're so mentally tough. Two is one of those guys, you know. And, and y'all roster are full of guys like that, I'm sure. And the NFL is full of guys like that, you know. So it's like the coach and, and the, the staff, you got to protect these guys from themselves, you know. It's like if the guy doesn't get the ball out, you know, uh, faster than three seconds, you know, you got to, like, reprimand him on the sideline. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> you know, like, the, these are things and tactics that, you know, like, I had to get protected when I played here in New York. I was, I was on the pitch count. And I would be begging to not be on the pitch count. Begging. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm balling. Like, don't take me <laughs> out. You know, but I think that was able to pro- – I was able to prolong my career. Right. You know, being able to be on the pitch count here in New York – because I still had injuries. I still had next stuff going on. But like I'm saying, we're NFL guys and we're here. We're, we're gladiators. We're warriors, you know. And most of the time, our body fails before our mind fails. You know, our, our mind is always like, I can do it again. I can get back in, you know, three and a half months, even though it's a four and a half month recovery period. You know, so I would say it has a lot to do with when we talk about Tua. And even guys, you know, uh, the Giants had a lot of ACL injuries. This is bigger than the players. This is bigger than the, the guys that are playing the sport. It has a lot to do with how you handle the guys as a staff. What are they doing in a weight room? What are you doing to protect them from themselves? Mm-hmm. You know, and I just hope that they're doing that because even though I'm going to be going against Miami, I cheer for all the NFL guys. And when I see them, I don't say best of luck. I say best of health. Yeah. I uh, say that's the every time I say it any time – I see anybody go down. I'm like, dang it, man. Because this is how we feed our family. Oh, no doubt. You know, so for me, I, I just wish that the Miami Dolphins have a great plan to protect Tua. If anything happens or anybody on the, on the team at all, but specifically Tua with the, with the you know, 
the uh, TBI that he suffered, you know, that the, the, the concussions that he suffered, and that, that, it, that y'all, y'all can protect him the right way from himself. You understand what I'm saying? Alan, let me, let me ask you about the defense. I know we're, we're running out of time here, but obviously everybody knows about Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb and Jalen Ramsey's there now. So, you know, you got some names down there, but yes, I think we would all agree that the offense was ahead of the defense. At least that's the way it seems going into this season. What, what's your biggest question mark about this defense, and what do you think the biggest strength is? Well, here's the thing is, I, I would tell you that, yeah, the offense was ahead of the defense last year. Part of it was because they, all the injuries they had, all, the, all the, the long-term injuries they had pretty much were on defense. And I'm talking about Emmanuel Agba, starting safety Brandon Jones. Byron Jones didn't play at all the whole year. His replacement, McNeedham, was injured in early October. So that's a lot of personnel that they lost on defense for long periods of time. Uh, I'm not so sure you head into 2023 and that the defense might not have higher expectations because of the addition of Jalen Ramsey, as you mentioned, perhaps more importantly because of the addition of Vic Fangio as offense Mm -hmm. as defensive coordinator. And this is a guy who, you look at his numbers, I did the research, and it's staggering the immediate impact he makes whenever he's joined the defense in a supervisory role. It's it's truly amazing. And the Dolphins have high-end talent everywhere at all levels of that defense. Christian Wilkins up front, uh, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips on the edge. They have two stud corners with, with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, who I would expect would be tons better than he was last year, even though he made the Pro Bowl, which he did by, by reputation, when he played most of the season or practically the entire season at less than 100%. Um, and then J- Javon Holland is like a budding superstar at safety. So they have some high-end talent on defense with the addition of Vic Fangio, and I think the expectations for this defense are pretty high. You know, sometimes, Alan, when you add in guys like a Jalen Ramsey, even though he's talented, he brings a little baggage with him, you know, sometimes. And sometimes when it doesn't go early for these type of guys, mm-hmm. it's not good. You know, he could be a cancer. We saw a guy, and I love the kid. You know, we love OBJ here, you know. But we watched him kind of implode his last year in New York because of lack of maybe attention from the quarterback, Mm -hmm. you know. And sometimes that can happen. You know, do you feel that that could be a possibility, Alan, a character like a Jalen Ramsey? How strong is the locker room? Right. That's the question that I'm basically asking, you know, because we've seen the Giants last year get stronger as a team and a family, and they got better on the field. Mm -hmm. And then I've watched my last year in New York where we kind of fell apart and we had a similar team, you know, but some things didn't go certain ways. And, you know, even though we had a strong team in 16, 17, wasn't the same. Those are my last two years. And how strong? Yeah, that's a good question, Paul. How strong is the locker room? How strong are the leaders on defense to basically keep everything together? Well, here's the thing. The and I and I get your concern, and it's valid, very valid. Especially Ramsey's like a like somebody of like strong character. He's like a big personality, but he's also very tight with Xavier Howard, which immediately is a big plus. And he also played uh, in a system similar to Jalen Ramsey. So as far as the the system uh, adjustments, is not going to be there. There's no issue there. Um, I don't know that, like, the, to me, as I look at this team and you, and you look at the captains, the biggest, the biggest leader on this team, as I look, is the guy you, 
leading the charge will be Armstead. Uh, mm. That's the kind of guy. Um, and he's great in that role. On defense, I'm not sure that there's anybody who really stands out because you look at your high-end players, it tends to be the guys that people will follow. And X is more quiet than, 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 a, than a big personality. Uh, and then you look at some of the other guys who are frontline players. Christian Wilkins is kind of a younger guy, but he's got a big personality. He's on the cusp of being a guy setting the tone for the defense as a leader uh, heading into his fifth year. Javon Holland's a young guy. Uh, but I, I think by, by all accounts, by all, everything that we saw in the locker room, was very, very good last year. They also have a coach that players tend to like and, and gravitate to in terms of personality and all that with Mike McDaniel. So I don't perceive that as being an issue. And, and Tyreek Hill is, is a very, very big personality. And he assimilated very, very well, became a leader big time last year throughout the offseason with his work ethic, work ethic setting, practice habits, putting the tone with, you know, bringing in some bravado, uh, you know, bumping every teammate's tires every chance he got. And that, that helped. It wasn't just that he put up huge numbers for the Dolphins. He actually helped a lot in that sense as well. Alan, final question before we let you go, and we certainly appreciate your time very much. Uh, folks here in New York, at least to people who've been infected by gangrene, seem to think that Aaron Rodgers makes them an immediate division winner and a Super Bowl contender. Uh, this division is going to be a hell of a lot tougher than maybe they think it is. It sounds like you believe the Dolphins are legit contenders. We know that the Patriots are not going to be down for long. They the will bounce the back. Bills. And we know what the <laughs> Buffalo Bills are. So if you can give me a, just a quick thumbnail as we send it out of here, what do you think is going to happen in the AFC East? Oh, man. Uh, if I knew for sure, I'd fly out to Vegas right now. It's a bet. be very honest with you. Uh, no, I, it's a bear of a division. Pardon the pun because Chicago's not in it. But, I mean, holy smokes. Uh, can you hit on the head? Yeah, I think that folks in the, uh, who are Jets fans absolutely are right to think that there are massive possibilities for that team because, I, I happen to think that Aaron Rodgers is still a hell of a quarterback, even though I know last year's numbers weren't great. He also played with a thumb injury for about a month, and there were some major issues in terms of the chemistry early on in the season with his receivers, which partly he was to blame uh, to blame for, but I don't think that's an issue now. I mean, he's been engaged, and Aaron Rodgers is the type of, type of guy who's going to want to show uh, who's going to play with a monkey on his back, even if it's not there to begin with. He's going to put the monkey on his back himself. And I think the Jets are absolutely contenders. Buffalo, I don't think, is going anywhere. Uh, the Dolphins, if, if things work out right, have, have the high-end talent. I think the Patriots are a clear you know, slot back, because, partly because they're not as good as a quarterback, except how much of Mac Jones' problems last year were the result of playing in an offense that everybody seems to agree was completely, completely uh, out of sync. How about dysfunctional. that? <laughs> yeah, dysfunctional. Dysfunctional with a, with, a, with a defensive coordinator basically calling the shot. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those basically take the logos of all four teams, throw them up in the air and see, what, see how they land. Uh, I think you have to put New England maybe a notch lower. I also think New England's going to miss Denim McCord quite a bit on their, on their defense. Yeah. Um, that, that's the kind of guy that, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of that type of player and what they bring to, to a team. So I think they're a clear match below the other three. But if you were to tell me right now that Jets and Dolphins, the Bills are going to win the division, I'd say, sure, 
I can see that. He is Alan Pupar from Sports Illustrated's AllDolphins.com. Alan, we certainly, again, appreciate your time so much today. You've been very generous with us. Enjoy the rest of the summer and uh, have fun this season. Sounds like a plan. You guys do the fun. All right, Alan. Nice talking to you. So that's our Dolphins preview. Again, the Giants and the Miami Dolphins uh, will partake in a battle on August. uh, Check that. October 8th. October 8th. That is week five of the NFL season as the Giants go down to Miami. Unfortunately, it will not be a September game when temperatures could be in the 90s. Maybe, just maybe by October 8th, maybe it's in the mid-80s. Mid-80s, that'd be a lot better. You definitely don't, especially like because around September and October here in New Jersey, it starts to cool down, you know. It gets to what we start calling football weather, you know, like chilly evenings, you know, warm days. It's still... Hot as hell down in Florida. <laughs> it's still burning up hot down there. Indeed. And when you go, you go from a place where you know you're practicing outside in the middle of the day at 62 degrees, right, right. and it's cool at nighttime, and there's low humidity, and then all of a sudden you go to a place and you're playing at what time? What time are they playing at? I believe because that's, that's huge. I believe that's a one o'clock game. So it's gonna be. It is a one o'clock game in the middle of the game. It's gonna be like 98 degrees on that turf, yeah. right? It's gonna be hot. And well, sometimes that shocks grass. the system, though. Thank God it's real right, grass. Right, Still, it's a little bit hotter. Not as hot as turf, though. No. Not as hot as turf. No. But uh, it definitely is a shock to the system. As soon as you walk off that plane, the plane the first time, you're like, oh, wow, it's hot down here. I will come back <laughs> from that trip with a deeper tan. I guarantee For you. 201-939-4513. Paul Dottino, Jonathan Casillas with you on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Again, uh, we thank Alan Pupar from uh, Sports Illustrated's AllDolphins.com for that preview of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, And we need to remind you of the Giants Huddle podcast. Uh, It features all kinds of long-form interviews. Again, we're talking about coaches, players, uh, nationally known sports figures who can give you the lowdown on what's going around uh, uh, in the NFL. You can find that on all your favorite podcast platforms as well as Giants.com slash podcasts. And don't forget to leave a positive review if you don't mind. Uh, The NFL schedule's out. It's been out for quite a while now. So is the training camp schedule. Uh, Single game tickets are now on sale. And you can visit uh, Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat at MetLife Stadium this year. I love to ad-lib right through these things because they're much too long. Your Giants season ticket membership can be had. You can stay connected to the Giants all year long. Uh, To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And finally, finally, Giants TV is the Giants' official connected TV streaming app bringing original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV. And the Giants mobile app, we are done with the public service announcements. And now the show is turned over to you folks. 201-939-4513 here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. And we are going to go to line two. Tom is from Stratford, and he's first up on today's program. Hello. Hi, Paul. Hi, Jonathan. How are you guys doing today? We're well. How are you? All is well. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, Jonathan, I don't know if you listened yesterday's show, but they were talking about... Um, the Cardinals? Well, they're talking about uh, moving the uh, season to uh, 18 games. And, I mean, I think we all agree that eventually it's going to get there, probably sooner rather than later. And other people are calling in with suggestions of what the, uh, the players should ask for, demand, in order to go with that. 
And, Paul, you were shooting down a bunch of us because you said you have to wait for the CBA to open up in 2030 to get those things. But well, there are some mind, things you'll get with a, with a tweak. There are some things that you can use in, in, a, in a conversation. But to, okay. to, to demand a huge change, you're probably going to have to wait till the CBA is done. But well, there are well, certainly well, tweaks. I, I, I told them, Jonathan, just well, so you know, well, this was two days ago when I did the show and we talked about this. The USFL yeah. played 18 games, and they had two bye weeks I was, per regular I was season. Of, yeah. For me, I think yeah. that's the most logical way to go. Yeah. Well, and two preseason okay, games, yeah. obviously. I, mean, I, that was one of the things, I, I was going to say that's one of the things the players should demand is two bye weeks. But more than that, okay, as, as far as I'm concerned, opening it up to uh, changing to 18 games is the same thing as changing the agreement that's currently in place. So if the NFL wants to do that, I think the players should demand pension plan from day one. You know, I, I look, I'm always about that. By the way, protecting the players, lifelong insurance. There's a new executive director that the players union just voted on. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, I got the name. And too. and yeah. so there, Demore Smith is leaving, and there's going to be a new guy in charge. So uh, I invite you to give him a call. I believe their offices are down in D.C. Right, Jonathan? Yeah. So give him a call and see if you can help him negotiate. <laughs> there you well, go. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, the players have, I think some uh, power here and they should exercise it and uh, not being being able eligible for the pension uh, approximately a year after most people's careers are over is just just not right and when we watched that poor kid almost die last year mm-hmm. I mean that really Hamlin yeah so, or Hamlin right so um, you know NFL needs to step up and protect their their uh, most valuable assets which are the players but that's all I wanted to say. All right, look, okay, Tom, strong, Tom, I fully agree. Hold, up, hold, out, hold out for that pension plan from day one. All I right, like appreciate it. the phone call. I like it. I, I was always an advocate for that as well. You know, my insurance is up in like a couple months. Yeah, okay. and I got to get some other type of insurance. Okay. You know, and Paul, I wake up with a limp. You know, I do. I mean, as the day goes on, I'm fine. Right. You know, but neck hurts randomly. You know, stuff, elbow hurts randomly out of nowhere. And the thing is, is like, as an athlete, you know, we love to work out. We love to stay in shape. I love to look at myself in the mirror, you know, like, but if I don't work out, I feel everything. Every single injury I've ever had from my fingers to my neck, to my shoulder, to my knees, to my foot. I have to continuously move. And I always say that to not just athletes, anybody, you have to continuously move. You can't sit stagnant. You have to continue. I'm always around. on the move, and I never yeah. played football. Yeah, you have so to. So I be. know what you mean. Because once you start sitting down and, and feeling sorry for yourself and, you know, taking like, oh, I can't do certain things. If you think you can't, then you can't, you know, and I, I truly believe that. And once you start to, to slow down, meaning like I'm not doing as much as I used to be, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like seven, eight pounds lighter. But I'm consistently doing stuff. I'm boxing. I'm I'm in the steam room. I'm in the sauna. I'm I'm doing hot tubs. I'm I'm uh, you know lifting weights, but not too crazy. I'm not doing heavy, too much heavy stuff anymore. I'm not back squatting. You know, I, I every now and again I do it. You know, but you have to consistently take care of yourself. You do a lot of cardio now? Yeah. Or no? Not not too much. Not boxing. Too much? Boxing is my go-to okay. cardio. And remember, I was off with Achilles injury, so right. I just started running like in the last few months. So I will be doing a lot more cardio. You know, in the next coming, you know, weeks to months. You know, but it, that's always been the issue for me, especially as I got older and later in my career, and I watched guys, 
get like debilitating injuries. You know, I watched Quincy Black, who was a 245 pound linebacker, and I I saw him on the plane on my rate on my um, I basically signed to take his place, and we were on the same flight to Tampa, and he had like a, a man. It was so hard to see him. He's a big, strong linebacker, like a mm-hmm. just a physical specimen. His left arm, he lost all function in his left arm, and it was basically just dangling oh my. from him. I was almost in tears when I saw him. And not ever since then, but as I got older in my career, you start thinking about how I'm going to feel when I'm done with ball. And that's why I'm always like, the NFL needs to figure out a way to, like my insurance shouldn't be up in a few months. Mm-hmm. You know, I put in nine years in the NFL. My injuries are gonna last me my lifetime, right? It shouldn't be five months. I mean, it's five years. It shouldn't be. It should be a lot longer than that, if not lifetime, because it gets worse as you get older. In the first five years, you're probably like doing the, the you're feeling the least amount of pain from what you put yourself through for however long your career was. And then like as I'm getting further and further away from ball, I'm feeling my injuries more and more. Mm-hmm. And some of these injuries are from like 2008 wow. when I was in college. You know, so I think like what Tom said, you, the NFL does have to do a better job in protecting not only the players, but the former players, the retired players, the legends, you know, the guys that built to this game to where it's at now. I just don't know if that's considered a tweak, if they go to some, some extent to that degree. Is that a tweak or is that something that's going to have to be done in the new CBA? Because that's a pretty big it's not huge, absolutely. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's going to qualify it's not as cheap a tweak. Either. No, that's that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. I don't see that as a tweak. Right. I think that's going to be a major point of of negotiation, but we will see. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. We go to Cliff in New York on line one. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey guys, how you doing? Good to hear you. You too. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, the the recent conversation, I'm, I'm very interested in also, uh, I've been thinking a lot about Thursday night football in that regard, and uh, I've been trying to think of some things that might be done about that. I don't have anything to, to share about it today, but uh, I don't like it. I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, hearing about the Dolphins, uh, you know, being being so, so super uh, uh, prepared uh, going into the season on paper, and maybe by performance last year and recent years, um, I'm, I'm getting used to us being a, n- not just a good team. You know, we, we established being a good team. I'm, I'm getting used to that. And, and um, uh, I, I was, I'm getting out of thinking of us as being in a rebuilding mode, you know, or a reset mode, as, as John Mara put it when he hired the new guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm not just feeling good about my team. I'm thinking, well, what's wrong? You know, I mean, I, I got some good schooling from you guys about the rookie wall, and and I already knew that rookies uh, got to you know needed to take some time to to get better. And by the time we expect them to be not rookies anymore, maybe the wall holds them back a bit or more. Uh, so I don't know, but I'm not so sure how much of a contribution we need from them this year. To really, to really take another step forward, and and I've noticed that I don't, I don't think the coaching or 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 the or the front office is is thinking in terms of well, we really shouldn't expect too much this year. I don't see any indication they're behaving like that at all, and and with the moves they've made, and I, I think they think they can compete, 
and and they're not they're not conceding anything. Uh, so I don't like playing in Miami that early in the season. I, nobody does, uh, uh, but uh, I don't know how the Dolphins do it either. But um, uh, I, I I just um, I'm looking at you know a a a, a real shot this year. Um, and, and uh, you know, I don't know what it takes to get to the next level, and I don't know how players look at that kind of question at all. Well, I think, Cliff, to be frank with you, health is going to be a big factor in how high the Giants can reach. To be, I mean, they, they've had a lot of guys, important guys, Ojolari, uh, Thibodeau, uh, Leonard Williams last year missed some time and wasn't right because of, of the injury he dealt with. Xavier McKinney. Was, was injured because of the, the, the damn ham accident, hand accident. I mean, so you're looking at important guys who, to me, I agree with you in that you want this rookie class to give you something immediately. And I want Jonathan to follow up on this. You want that to happen. There's no question because you got some key guys in this rookie class who are going to be counted on. But your second and third year players are going to be ulti- ultimately the guys who really have to raise their game. Because the veterans who've been around, you already know what they are. Guys who've been in this league for four, five, six years, you know what they are, all right? That they, by that time, you've kind of already tapped out your, your game. You know what you are. But the guys in their second and third year are still supposed to be trying to reach what they're supposed to be, right? They haven't yet reached their, quote, you know, their, their comfort zone as to what they are as pro players. So the Ojolaris, the Thibodeaux, McKinney's got it, you know, for, for the years he's been here, he's missed a lot of time due to injury. So he needs to have a Pro Bowl kind of season for this team this year. That's what I'm thinking. Those are the guys that are even more important. The Evan Neals, they're more important than maybe even the rookies are, Jonathan. Yeah, and when you look at the division, and I always keep going back to this because you go through these teams twice, right? Every team is at least good. The Washington uh, Commanders were good last year. They didn't make the playoffs. The point I'm trying to make is just because you're a good team, that don't guarantee you the playoffs. And in our division, we got two, one great team for sure in the Mm -hmm. Eagles. Mm -hmm. Cowboys was on the fence of being a good to great team last year. They look great at times, and they look good at times. The Commanders, they're in a similar situation as the Giants, as a team who was figuring itself out, had a strong some part of the season – and then they didn't finish, and the Giants finished. Mm-hmm. That was basically the story of us. Every team is good, though, in this division. The Giants, they need all of their players to be as healthy as possible, all their best players, not just to play in the games, but for training camp and for the de- development of the younger players. Because the players don't get good because the coach is coaching them the right way. They get good because they're going against great-to-good players. That's how players get better. And I've watched – the team, the young guys get better as the season progressed last year. So when you have a lack thereof of certain guys, of certain positions, guys being hurt, you're 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 stopping the progress of other players that are playing next to them and against them. You know, you're going against uh, Andrew Thomas. You better learn how to do some moves because Andrew Thomas is going to put you on your backside, mm-hmm. right? You got to learn how to be him. Then once you learn how to get through Andrew Thomas – all of a sudden, everybody else is, is like, what? The iron sharpens iron That's mentality. exactly what I'm saying. And it's people always think it's always like, you know, the players that play on Sunday. No, it's the guys that are practicing against them as well. Some of the practice players, right? Some of these guys that are lower in the depth chart are going to be service guys. And they have to play a certain way as well. The team got stronger. 
They got a strong draft class. They had a lot of uh, free agents that they signed that's going to contribute and help the Giants. But not just play on Sundays for those 17 weeks, but training camp is very important. Training camp preseason is very important. Practices are very important. And that was my whole attitude. I got an 11-year-old daughter, and she plays in games, but she kind of, you know, whatever at practice. And I'm like, kid, practice is probably more important than the game. Your focus level, your concentration, your ability to learn in practice, you can learn in games, but it's easier to learn in practice if you're focused. And that's the type of team that the Giants are building. They're building a team that's going to help each other get better. I watch them in the locker room. I watch them at uh, in the cafeteria. After the Indianapolis Colts game, I hung out with them. This is a team that's building that bond and building that culture established by Dayball that has been non-existent since Tom Coughlin left. Cliff, anything yeah. else? Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to, you know, uh, add on, on to that that, you know, I, I, got, I got something from each of my coaches over the years, you know, like with, with Coughlin it was team and preparation, and from Dable I'm seeing an emphasis on competition. I think he's, he's going to teach me something about that. Big time. And that's the one thing that this team really has, you know, for the first time since the last Super Bowl team. There is a lot of competition all around the roster, especially on the depth chart, big time. Do you, do you think we got enough depth now to, to at least uh, do better if guys go down for a limited period or worse? I well, believe so, though. Yeah. I, th- I think there's enough depth all around this roster to make the Giants competitive, even if some guys go down, yes. But does that necessarily mean you're going to win enough games to make the playoffs if those guys go down? That's a very different question to, to ask. Yep. And to be honest with you, let's not kid ourselves. You know, this could be a better team. You remember, even Tom Coughlin had a 10-win season one year, and the team did not make the playoffs. Yes. So, you know, we have to remember this team can be better and still not necessarily make the playoffs. Yep. That is not the definition of this team getting better. Right. It would help. No. We'd like to no, see it. No, but I noticed – you know? I noticed they were happy to go, even though I didn't think it was so important because I didn't think we were a Super Bowl. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't ever make they that mistake, Cliff. Oh, yes. Cliff, don't ever make that mistake. <laughs> I, I, I know. Not, I won't again. Yeah, I don't, again. don't. I, I know John and, and, and Lance, two of our other hosts here, they don't believe the value in a playoff appearance as I do. I put a tremendous amount they of value don't? in that. Really? Yeah, they, 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 we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> I believe a playoff appearance is incredibly important. Absolutely. And not because there's carryover to next year, but I believe the experience of a playoff game is a learning tool that you can't buy anywhere on the street. You know, I'm playing in that game. That's that's going on right now. That's 2014 New Orleans. Yeah. I mean, New England Patriots against yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore was winning mm-hmm. early. Patriots came back and won. You know how? They ran the same play that Baltimore ran a few, a few, uh, a few uh, weeks earlier. <laughs> the point is postseason experience is a learning tool Mm -hmm. and if you use it properly as a learning tool it is a great it is a great advantage to teams players and coaches alike now you got a team now that has most of the guys now that have playoff experience big deal and that is huge very big and not just for the playoffs but for regular season games for primetime games for games that has a lot to do with what the rest of the season is going to be. They went through a virtual must-win against the Colts mm-hmm. to get in, knowing they were going to have to go to Philly, and that could get a little sketchy. So they, they won their must-win game at home. That is a maturing process right. that you go through 
to be in that situation. They accomplish that. Then they go on the road for a playoff game against a higher seed, which, again, we know that the matchup really gave the Giants a legitimate shot. But they still had to go in mentally and emotionally and physically prepare for a playoff game, which you know is do or die. There is no tomorrow. Okay? And they did it. That's a big deal. And then losing a game like that, you know, when you go into, you know, a team that you're very familiar with and basically get dominated, right? You come back. Yeah, you come back as a human being, as a man, and you say, what could I do to get this team better? It now gives you a definition as to how short you are. Yeah. You don't don't get that by watching on television. You, You learn more about yourself and how far you have to go by playing in that game. Yes, 100%. The team is better after that game, even though they lost. Yep. And it wasn't a pretty loss either. It was a bad loss. But you learn from that. And then you understand... I think they think we're not as good as we thought we are. You know, I think that's a good thing to say so you can improve. So you can improve and you have a great offseason and you make the bonds with the guys and you you attack practice, you know, maybe like you've never done before because mm-hmm. you got your butt whooped. It's a good experience for the Giants, especially because a lot of the guys are back, you know, and they remember that feeling. Yep. And then they got the Eagles twice this year. They're going to remember that when they, when they go against the Eagles. And, and again, please don't. Don't just leave this aside. It's a coach's learning experience, too. Absolutely. Brian Dables, and it was this is his first head coaching job. He also learned mm-hmm. what it's like to go through a season as a coach and then go into the playoffs as a head coach. Everybody benefits. Yep. That's why I will never, ever, ever say a team is better off with uh, a, a worse one-loss record and get a better draft pick. No, no. Mm-hmm. If you can qualify, you get your ass in there. Yep. All right. We go to line two. Charleston. Uh, no, it's Tim in Charleston. Uh, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Jonathan Paul. Good to talk to you. It's been a couple of weeks since I called in. Yes, you I too. Got three, three quick things. First, um, uh, oh, God, what was the first one? Oh, yeah. Roy in Charleston calls in all the time. And Pearson was nice enough to give. We exchanged emails through Pearson. Talked oh, Pearson. once, twice in the regular season by email. And then June 4th, I had this big backyard party with over 40 yes, people. Yes, you told us about I avoided... it. Oh, you were on that day? Yeah, you told so us anyway, about it. Yeah, so I just wanted to thank Roy to, for coming to the party and tell him he's got to come to one of my Cajun seafood boils. But I just throw that out of the way. The second thing is I'm, I'm called today because for two reasons. One, it was the Miami day, and I am going to that game. I'm going to drive down the Wednesday before to my old stomping grounds in okay. Key West and spend four nights there and drive up morning of the game, and I hope they don't flex that game i mean if they flex it to sunday night it wouldn't kill me but you know other than that so uh i guess paulie you'll be down there right yep 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 so i don't know if there's any place before the game where you're uh publicly available like <laughs> like home games is there uh tim usually not usually i'm very busy okay. and tied up going into road games but if i am yeah, uh, i'll I, let you I know i thought so yeah all right and the last thing i just want to say is you guys are off tomorrow, off all next week. The place is closed. You guys all deserve it. You work so hard. All you, all of you guys, Jonathan, Paul, um, John, uh, Lance, and Howard, who I guess started his vacation early, um, have a have a great vacation. I know I can say for myself, I'm going to miss you. I'm sure all of us who listen on a daily basis are going to miss you. But you guys deserve it. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy your Fourth of July. 
and I'll talk to you again when you come back. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you. Be Tim. well and enjoy. Yeah, he's right. That's uh, a great phone call. There will be no show tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, office is closed, and it's closed all next week for the 4th of July holiday. So we'll have to go without uh, six days of Big Blue Kickoff live shows, the Friday day tomorrow and then the five days next week. Uh, there will be no show, and then we'll be back the following Monday to continue our opponent's summer previews of the Giants' opponents in the 2023 season. That was a nice call. How are you going to pass the time, Paul? I'll be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> this this is a rough time for me. No, it really is. Because you do three a week or two a week? I do three shows a week. And, yeah. it, and it's like the Bermuda Triangle. This week between the, – the six weeks between the end of – of mini camp and then the opening of training camp. That six week time period where the players yeah. get the vacation, yep. right? The coaches and players. No, no, I'm going bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I li- I live and breathe this. Yeah. And it's very hard for me. This is like not a good because it's a dead period basically. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not. A dead it's period. not. It's not. For, it's not. Pretty. It's easy for players. You know why? Because the players you take as soon as that mini camp's over at the basically the end of the off season program. As soon as that's over, everybody knows they need to go on vacation to get away from football. Yes. You go somewhere, whether whatever it is, family time, you know, you do a retreat, I don't know, ayahuasca, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but you do it during that first kind of week or two. Some people like to go to a of, dark of room. The, of, right, <laughs> of the off season, and, and then when you get back, you're locked in. And I'm oh, talking yeah. about before training camp. Because you got to get ready for training camp. Yeah, you have to prepare your yeah. body. You got to prepare yourself mentally. You got to prepare your family. You know, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna see you for like three weeks. You're literally not gonna see me. Well, for my family already hour knows here, I'm nuts. A night here, <laughs> they already a know night I'm there. locked in. Right? <laughs> you know, so it's not as hard for them. But somebody like you, who were just <sighs> fully ingratiated in the Giants football for decades, <sighs> call me, man. Call me. We hang out. Yeah, because it's not a good time. I'll be me. around. All I'm right. not going nowhere. Uh, we have Rich Funnel. I want to get him in because we only got a few minutes All left. Right. So, Rich from Virginia, uh, you're our last caller today on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you so much for dialing us up. Uh, greetings to Godfather Dottino and JC. Uh, happy Fourth. <laughs> you too. Uh, Paul, uh, recently you, you had a very passionate, articulate, truthful tribute to the late Homer Jones. Yes. And I, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I go back, I've seen every game since 1961. There's a wow. good friend of mine right now that's listening that goes back to the 50s. He was in the bleachers as a young kid, paid 50 cents, and saw Bednarik knock out uh, yep. Frank Hifford. Yep. But we, we old-timers think that history is very, very important, especially to a great franchise since 1925, like the Giants. But please, you don't need to apologize for your passion. That was from the heart. I really appreciate that. No need to apologize. The young folks like JC, he doesn't remember Earl Morrill. He doesn't remember Tucker Fredrickson. He doesn't remember Homer Jones. Yeah, but you know what, Rich? He appreciates it, though. You know why? Because he understands being a Jersey guy and someone who played here for a number of years, he understands that this logo, okay, and this franchise has roots that go so deep into the National Football League. That means something. Okay, no and, and that's why no that, that's why that's why I love having this guy around. I was so happy when they signed you because from the minute you walked in here, I could tell it meant something to you, and and that's what? that's that's a cool thing. Uh, but but Rich, Perfect. honestly, there are a lot of our listeners out there who are under the age of twenty five or under the age of twenty. They're the ESPN generation, 
and and it's hard for them sometimes to listen to some of these stories and to understand and appreciate some of that stuff because it's just not in their frame of reference. It's not their fault. I understand it. Uh, I wish that more people would have more appreciation for it because I think they're better for it. And I will tell you that Dable and Shane do believe in that. And they're very welcoming of any former giant that wants to come on this property and share some of that aura uh, with this current team. And that's a beautiful thing, and I think the team's better for it. Well, my, my point, Paul, is we older guys appreciate what you said, and please continue that. Uh, I understand well, you're what welcome. you're saying, but Thank you. we, we appreciate that. And uh, have a uh, blessed 4th of July. You too. Healthy and safe uh, July 4th. great phone calls, man. Yeah, I mean, wow. The, right? last, the last two blew Make me you away. feel pretty good, That's very right? cool. It's Just very complimenting thank you guys. <laughs> well, they're sending us out with a bang, man. Uh, it's, it's very nice. It's going to be, we're going to have a little time off, but we, the, the last... And that's what I love about sports. You know, being an athlete, some guys, you know, they come up to you and and they make you feel good. I met a guy last night, he was a Cowboys fan, and usually that conversation, (laughs) you know, I laugh it off. You know, it's not really like... You know, it's it's a it's one of these, you know. Okay. And it's a it's a it's a verbal gymnastics back and forth, you know. And I always got to mention to them that I was part of the sweep of the the 2016 Dallas Cowboys yes, team. Yes. Yes. And you can say whatever you want, but I'm the one that swept your boys, That's right? It. I did that. And by the way, right? that hasn't happened very many times I know, in the last how I know, many decades. I know. But I met a guy last night, and and you know he was uh he was he was uh he's like I just so happy to be in your presence because you did what I always wanted to do. And, you know, like the calls that we just had, man, they just like I love to do this, you know, like talking, you know, and they make me feel that much more special. It's like, OK, they, we're appreciated. And then the guys that's been around since the 50s and the 60s, like you guys are what makes fans like the like the fans are the main reason that NFL players get paid. Let's be real about this. Well, and quite frankly, my job would not exist if it, was <laughs> if it not wasn't for the fans. For the fans. So, so we I appreciate get you guys. You know, we always appreciate you guys' calls. And, I mean, the last two calls, they, they just one of these, you know, the heart. Yeah, you know, very appreciate cool. you guys. Very, very cool. All right, folks, uh, that'll do it for today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Uh, Alan Popper, uh, we appreciate your time again uh, from Sports Illustrated's AllDolphins.com. Gave us a whole lowdown on the summer camp preview with the Miami Dolphins, one of the Giants' opponents. So we will be back again a week from Monday. So we're off tomorrow, off all of July 4th week. Back a week from Monday, we will continue our opponent previews. I'm not even sure what team that's going to be, but I'm sure that uh, whoever it is is going to make sure we got a good guest for you. And, uh, you know, jot the number down, 201-939-4513. You can always call us here. We're here usually Monday to Friday from 1230 to 130 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for listening. For uh, Jonathan Casillas, I'm Paul Dottino. Remember, you can catch this program on the archive at Giants.com slash podcasts and your favorite podcast platforms everywhere. So long, everybody. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.